Good evening, beautiful people. It's Friday night. It's uh, just finished my shift. It's one in the morning, and uh, I've been thinking about speaking about a particular character that I have met throughout my life. Met him very young. Still know him. So, welcome to Extraordinary People in My Life, Episode Two. El Comandante. I'm not going to say his real name because he's very much still alive, but uh, let's call him Gunther. Okay. So, uh, I must have been about 14 and uh, I was going to international school in uh, Mozambique. And he was not studying there, but I met, him, I met him through some Chilean friends of mine. Can't remember exactly how I met him or when but he became crucial in my life he was of chilean uh, origin obviously i'm sorry he was chilean but he had german origin uh, very very weird origin yeah uh, jewish arab german however his name was very very german <clears throat> okay so uh very strong guy A, a, a fucking bull let me tell you this guy was built like a brick house uh, and he was good at fighting he was very good actually in uh, this a story that I have when uh, while we were at a party while I was trying to prevent a fight from um, between a friend of mine and, um, and a Royal Air Force pilot from the UK who was very drunk, was very big, and very aggressive. Well, uh, when I was trying to prevent it, well, this uh, the, the pilot thought I was provoking him, so he kicked my ass pretty bad. <laughs> I think I got a couple of punches in there, I seem to remember, or I'd like to remember. However, uh, my ass was kicked in a very serious way. Uh, he broke my nose pretty bad, so... Uh, After the fight was over, they separated us. Well, <laughs> who are we kidding? They they took him <laughs> from top of me. I was trying to bite him. That's the last thing I remember. But so uh, I went uh, and I had come with uh, Gunther. So he was my ride home. So I looked for him, and he was in a in one of the bedrooms with a girl. And uh, so I, when he saw my face with my broken nose and my swollen lip. And he asked me, hey, what the fuck happened? So I said, nothing, man, because I knew him. Uh, nothing, just, uh, just go home. So he took my arm, went through the front door, went out, and he said, dude, tell me what happened. So I said, nah, man, I got into a, a fight with, uh, with Sean. His name was Sean, the pilot. And uh, I'm very glad to say, and I'll tell you why later, that he's dead, very dead. He died in the first uh, Gulf War. I shouldn't say this, but good, because he was one of the biggest assholes I've ever met. However, <clears throat> as me and Gunther were going down the elevator, I told him, hey, I, I got into a fight with Sean. Actually, he got into a fight with me. And so he went into the car, and just at that moment, Sean was downstairs also. So uh, he put me in the car. I'll make a long story short. Went up to Sean, kicked his ass so bad so fucking bad <laughs> i actually for a moment felt sorry for sean 
then he took me home so uh so that's the kind of guy Gunther was we were very very close and this is why we were close because uh he uh, he we became friends we became you know we had a lot of things in common and he sometimes he had a motorbike so sometimes he came and picked me up at school to go smoke some joints or i don't know whatever the fuck we did at that age this is a little later this move must have been 16 <coughs> something <coughs> and uh so one day he picked me up uh on foot just walking he said hey what's up uh, let's go home okay so we, we started walking home through uh, parque dos continuadores we went old martyrs de machava whoever lived there at that time do remember those names and we got to Mao Zedong, and he lived near Mao Zedong. so uh, I, i had to go further so I, we stopped uh, outside his house said well okay man i'll come back later I'll go have lunch I don't remember but I'll meet you later okay so I started walking back home and um, a few moments later Gunther came running and said hey man uh, my parents are not home I'm like well shit come come to my house and wait for them he said no no you don't understand they're not home they left what the fuck are you talking about they fucking left what so we went back to his home and lo and behold Both his parents had left to Chile, abandoning two kids, Gunther and his brother, an older brother who's, who was already outside of the house. He was this very weird guy, so he wasn't much affected, but Gunther was. So, uh, fuck. Okay, man, well, then come to my house. Let's see what's happening. So we went to my house. My dad was there. We told him the story. He started seeking for them in the airports, in hotels, uh, everywhere we, we looked. Uh, not me, well, I'm sorry. My, my dad and my mom and some friends of ours looked everywhere until a few hours later we discovered that, yeah, they had taken a plane back to Chile, abandoning their two kids. Uh, that's when our relationship began to be really close because... Uh, He stayed at home for three years, I think. Yeah. So we, I had to share my room with him with three years. And <clears throat> in those times, it was weird. But uh, he, he, we started talking a lot. But he started mingling with uh, with with adults. We were. He's, he's older than I am. He's, uh, I think, two or three years older than I am. So I was 16. He must have been 18, 19. And he was started mingling with adults. With I mean, serious adults, like business guys. And uh, Gunther always had a business orientation. He was a hard-working, down-to-earth guy. But he had this business um, thing into him. So he was a guy that... Uh, He would dismantle a whole motorbike in a day and put it back together the next day and get his uh, grease up to his eyebrows. But uh, a few days later, he would meet with this South African uh, <laughs> business-type looking guys and speak about debentures and investments and shit like that. And I was, well, I was in another wavelength, but still I remember asking him, what the fuck, man, what, what was going on? Oh, man. So he was very entrepreneur and he was... Uh, You know trying to impress everyone he was mostly trying to impress my dad which uh well sh this is another story because um he was the last person to see my dad alive 30 years later but anyway uh so he started 
mingling with these people and he took uh, we were uh, Mozambique was at war at that time a serious uh, serious war and a civil war and you couldn't travel you couldn't travel you couldn't get out of the city by land no fucking way uh, so many stories I want to speak about Gunther man because we went through so much shit well anyways he would go to Swaziland by car like on a weekly basis and my dad and everyone would say well, dude what the fuck are you doing you're gonna get yourself killed and he he, he was very you know proud and no no I gotta do this because I gotta get out of my situation because and my dad were like telling dude don't worry you're with us man you're okay do what you have to do but don't put yourself at risk however he continued doing it about since the time he started traveling to Swaziland about a year afterwards well well uh, fucking terrible with time frames but yeah a, a while afterwards uh, he disappeared I mean for two or three days didn't know nothing about Gunther nothing zero and we started to get worried because he used to disappear for a day or two but this was kind of weird. It was two, three, four days. It didn't show up. And then one day, this uh, very serious official looking guy showed up at home and asked for uh, Gunther. And I answered the door. I said, no, I'm sorry. Gunther is not here now, but what the fuck? He says, well, here's a letter for him. And it was the most infamous letter that the government could send you at that time, which was called 2420 which meant 24 hours to leave the country with 20 kilos of baggage, period. <laughs> Motherfucking Gunther, man. And uh, so shit. So then my dad was like, what the fuck is this kid doing, man? So about two or three days later, he sh we were having dinner. He showed up, kissed my mom, kissed my dad, kissed me, went up to his room, picked up his shit, run i mean we didn't even have time to go at the the, the, the what and uh and he, he he left to south africa never really knew what he did in south africa at that time probably business and very shady ones um actually i think i'm gonna do this episode <laughs> i'm gonna divide this episode in two because there's a lot a lot to speak about gunther man and uh, and which 30 years later we got to call him el comandante and <laughs> you're not going to believe this story anyway so he when uh, he sorted out his shit with the mozambican government not only that but apparently he started working with the government with the mozambican government in some way because uh in those days i didn't see him often but when i did he was wearing a very expensive suit driving a very good car and uh and had plenty of money and was acting different he was he became an adult real 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 quick and remember i'm talking about a guy who's as strong as an ox but didn't look like it i mean you looked at him you said ah, i can beat this guy fuck no <laughs> fuck no gunther will tear you apart and, and with one hand and eat a burrito with the other one so um so he said listen let, let's uh Let's go to Swaziland. So he, yeah, but I said, no, you can't travel to Swaziland. Man, there's a war. He says, no, I know a gateway. I know, I know the way through. He says, I, I go there very often, and I know, I know everyone. So we didn't tell my dad. 
we told him we were going to Iñaca, I think, or to in some island nearby, the, one of the few places you could go. And, uh, and we traveled, him, his brother and I, in a pickup truck along the Maputo-Babane Highway, which is a fancy name because it was very far from a highway. And that trip, um, I'm going to say for the second episode, because that trip has so much in it, it, it was, it's an episode in itself. Mm, so after, well, we, we came across uh, guerrillas, we came across burning cars, we nearly got killed at the border. Uh, we went to this, uh, this very famous discotheque, people who lived through that stage in Mozambique and are hearing this would remember the discotheque in Babane was called Why Not? And it was, uh, <laughs> man, it was terrible, it was fucking terrible. Anyway, I remember not having a good time during that trip and scaring the wits out of me and, 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 and just wanting to get home. So, okay, so we came home, but then in, in, during that time, I noticed that he was, uh, he was the business, the businesses that he was running, which I thought were shady, were a lot more shady than I could ever imagine, because he was talking to some serious fucking looking people, man, these serious, scary looking people, uh, army guys from South Africa, commando style guys that would come to the house, we were staying in Babane, and, and they would bring a lot of paper for him and you know it came to a point where I just stopped asking like dude I don't want to know I don't want to know what the fuck you're going through um, let's fast forward a year or so because he, he, he was a, a ladies man but he was never um, the, the girlfriend type you know he liked pretty girls he's very mediocre in that kind he liked thin tall blonde blue-eyed girls uh, it was very stereotype on that but he, he he came to my house and said hey i got a girlfriend shit well good so do i know her she says yeah and her name is odd i'm not gonna say his her name i'm sorry her name is uh, i don't know uh, susanna uh you mean Pierre's daughter? Yep. Uh, the one who's 15 years old? Yep. <laughs> uh, okay. Does Pierre know? Nope. He must have been around 20 at that time, maybe. I lose track, but 20 and, and, and Susanna, not her real name, must have been fuck younger than I was. So, uh, 15, 16, I don't know, very young. So, I didn't want to know more about that. I, 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 that was a time when I was really... Scared is not the word, but kind of... Fuck, man, uh, dude, I don't, I don't want anything to do with you at this moment. You know, you're going through a period that nobody knows. And it, everything you do, everything you say, everything you... You, you think sounds like danger man even the most stupid thing like getting a girlfriend dude there's a trillion girls out there you have to get Susanna man Pierre was the uh, Susanna was French and her father was the Air France CEO in uh, in Africa and uh, 
Pierre had a sign in the in his in the gate of his house that says that said never mind the dog beware of the owner because he was a seventh dan taekwondo and karate guy who had won a couple of world championships and he was a mean mean guy i know this because he was my dad's friend and he had come home a couple of times with susanna and uh, so i knew about him this was one dangerous motherfucker at all levels at at the official level because he was a very important guy and, and at a physical level because twice world champion anyway so they started going out and uh, and since i knew her father and my father knew her father he would ask me to ask her father if she could go out with me so i could take her to a party so he could she could be with him okay so let's put a period there <laughs> fuck one the, the first secretary of the spanish embassy his name was luis not his real name i'm not never going to say real names uh was a pretty cool guy and uh he was thinking of it he was a bit of a pedophile okay but forget it but he grew fond of me and we we knew each other and he was he came from a very rich family here in spain and uh and so we would have a, a lot of parties in his house in a very nice house he had the killer sound equipment and he had every album every song everything so and 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 he had a very well furnished bar so on most nights we would all go there and get wasted in his house and uh, smoke a lot of dope listen to music and he would have fun with us and he would have a good time with us and then we'd go home so uh, <clears throat> so one night he organized not a party but a meeting and uh, Gunther told me listen can, can you call Pierre and tell her tell him that Susanna Uh, if she can come with you and then we'll meet there and I can spend some time with her okay so I asked Pierre I said listen man can I'm going to this party you know Pierre really trusted me because he liked my father very much he liked me very much he thought well he knew I was in I was a very innocent guy and very I, I didn't mean anything so he he thought that in a country like Mozambique which was very difficult to socialize if i took responsibility of susan and take her out well then she would be safe so well he said yes she could come with me so i picked her up we went to uh, luis's house and uh, hans was there and uh gunter i'm sorry and um So I was with somebody else and we started having fun and blah, 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 blah. And then I went home. But uh, about six in the morning as I got home, I thought I remembered, God fucking damn it, Susanna. Shit, I had to take her home. So uh, <laughs> I got... I I stole my dad's car. I went to Luis's house. And uh, the first thing I see is a guy, the guard, Luis's guard, on the floor bleeding. And then I look up and the front gate of the house is broken down like a, like a fucking bull came through it. And that's when my mind said, oh shit, oh shit. So I went in and Luis, the first secretary, was 
in a fetal position in the sofa and I asked him what the fuck happened well this is what happened <laughs> so uh, Gunther and Susanna danced and blah 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 and blah 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 and they went to their to one of the many rooms the house had and did whatever they had to do okay for some miraculous reason and I mean miraculous because of the consequences of all this Gunther had to leave to Swaziland okay so he couldn't stay there all night so he thought that I was in the house and he left leaving uh, Susanna there Susanna got drunk and uh, Luis, the first secretary, took pity on her and, and carried her, because she passed out, carried her to his bedroom and put her in his bed and laid down beside it to sleep. Now, cut scene to <laughs> Pierre somehow finding out where, where his daughter is. Just kicked all the guards ass and I mean really bad broke completely broke the front door broke two doors upstairs trying to find where she was when the third door he broke was Luis's door and he finds Luis the first secretary of the Spanish embassy lying next to his underage daughter that's a whole chapter in itself the consequences of that Oh man, fuck, but I always spoke to Gunther and said, listen, can you imagine how lucky you were that you were not there? Because he knew you had something to do with her. If you would have been there, this would have been tremendous. However, it was, it became tremendous. It became a diplomatic incident because, of course, uh, Pierre denounced the Spanish embassy and uh, Luis was kicked out. Okay, so um, Gunther was off the rope at that time. Let's see, where did I leave other than with Susan? Uh, last time I checked with him before um, he completely disappeared, he was bringing in a container with... This was the last time I saw him before coming back in 2004, was in 1992. And uh, he was very nervous and he was a little bit fatter, but still strong as fuck. And he was traveling with a container containing, I don't know, 10 Soviet helicopters that he had bought somewhere and he was reselling in Mozambique, some, some, some very weird shit. Uh, that's when I thought, hey man, fuck, D dude, I love you, man, but <laughs> this is way, 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 way out of my league and, and there's something I don't want to do. So, and then I left to Argentina and blah, 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 blah. And in 2004, I came back. I find Gunther twice the size in, in everything, in muscle and in fat. And now he's huge and uh, he is personal security for the president of Mozambique. Um, didn't surprise me, didn't surprise me at all, but uh, goddamn. So uh, there's so many stories of, of Gunther that I can tell, but however, we, we, um, 
we call him el comandante because he's very <laughs> he's very comandante style you know and he's uh, well in 2004 we 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 established our relationship he was very fond and he told me that uh that he had while he was in chile he had seen my dad there before he passed and and uh, very personal things and um and he he well he was involved in the presidency he was the chief of the he was a personal security of the president in that time i believe it was uh, gebuza and uh but still he was doing shady business and and it was funny because one day you would see him um like with this three thousand euro suit like an armani brand new fucking spotless suit and the next day he would be like looking like like a homeless guy and, and and had no money for everything for anything i had a restaurant i was running a restaurant in mozambique and 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 i knew that i mean gunter was gunter i mean one day he would come and order 20 dishes and pay for 40 and buy everybody a drink and the next day he would ask me for a free plate of food because he didn't have any money uh but still he was very very shady he was uh he met with he still is I, I'm, I'm still surprised one of the funny things that about Gunther that I found out I wasn't there but he got shot five times by his girlfriend <laughs> and the motherfucker survived yeah well he had a he had a Mozambican girlfriend who he had had for many years well from what I know not a girlfriend but a lover Mm, this lover he did whatever he does always and and he always had guns around because that's another thing i forgot to say gunter always had like, at least a couple of guns around his house and the girlfriend just shot him five times five times and he's very much alive and it was a nine millimeter gun so this is no joke of a gun this is not 22 or a bb gun this is a 9mm gun who but he was he lost half a liver and and uh, i don't know man i don't know this, this is just the, the one of the weirdest guy he's very well alive i spoke to him about three days ago he called me about the pandemic and uh uh, asked me if everything was okay with my family and shit and uh, let me just add a, a parenthesis that he when my, both my father and my mother passed out he was not a good support but the best fucking support I could ever have at every level emotional practical logistical he was always there this is one guy that you don't want any near you don't want to be near him too long but if you need someone he'll be the f if you need something he'll be the first guy to show up and help you out the first guy every time never fails i've needed few things from him but those few things i needed were of significant importance and he never ever failed ever so hats off to Gunther. I uh, love him. I really love him. This is going to be part one because part two is going to get very violent because um, there's a very violent side of him too. And I'm very fortunate that I was never on that side. But other people were. Anyways, 
This was Extraordinary People, episode 2. Episode 3, I shall be recording it sometime during this week. Uh, I'm starting holidays for 20 days. So uh, those who uh, were in Mozambique at that time and uh, know exactly who I'm talking about and know exactly what I mean and how true everything I'm saying is because and, and I haven't even spoken I'd say 20 30 percent of what this guy has done and what we did together and what he carries on doing to be honest I don't want to know Gunther is a complicated guy but I love those kind of people guys take care stay safe this is no pain no spain checking out adios